Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Need to Nerd podcast. We're climbing up those charts, doing that thing we do, West. That thing we do? The thing, the thing we do. You. <laughs> Today, West, welcome back, by the way. I feel like I didn't actually introduce you. I'm joined by Wes Singleton. He's my weekly co-host. And West, we we uh, we want our podcast to be climbing the charts, right? You know? And yeah. It, you know, just a little bit of housekeeping, give you the chance to re- rate and review us. That would really help in whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If we hit number one, we get a gold iPod classic. <laughs> I'll make you a deal. If we hit number one, I will buy you a gold iPod classic. They don't even make those anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll find I doubt it. they I'll, ever did. I'll but... find one. <laughs> I'll get it and I'll like hydro dip it in gold. It'll be fine. It'll be, it'll so this be is a movie. We're doing yeah. a movie review. We don't do a lot of those. We are. Today we're going to be doing a review of the movie That Thing You Do. If you follow us on Twitter, you know that this movie is currently free on YouTube as the time of recording. Um, and it's worth the so, watch. pause this. Go watch That Thing You Do. Definitely. Like, and sh- come right back. Because while we are immediately going to get into spoilers, because this is a television or a movie from the 90s. Yeah. Um, but mostly we know that watching this movie is better content than watching us and we will say it every time. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you love this podcast and you trust our opinions on things, this is actually just a great film. Pause this, watch it, come back to the podcast when you get the chance. With that being said though, West, um, you know, before we dive into the movie itself, uh, don't forget to check out the discord. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, it's it's been a little quiet the last couple weeks, mostly because I've been busy. But we will be doing a Magic the Gathering contest of some kind, in kind instead of a instead of a tournament, just because I'm moving this month. And then, like, once we get settled in, my wife will be having a baby two months later, and like, my life's crazy right now. <laughs> um, but we also, I also know that the guys from the Common Knowledge Podcast on the He's a Game Media Constructive Criticism Network are going to be hosting a historic popper event on Arena. And so, yeah, did we get what? Oh, I, I'm, I'm reading trivia and I'm laughing at some of these things. Oh, oh man, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Uh, I think that's it, right? Like, I mean, if you want to support us directly, head on over to the Patreon, but I, I want to get into this. Uh Nerd fact of the day, West. Nerd fact of the day. Think about all the nerd facts of the day. This is the don't hear because we're a weekly podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, But today is the day that we're giving this nerd fact of the day. What? This is the only movie that I. This is really a nerd fact about Spencer. This is the only movie I've. I think I've ever watched where one of the main characters does not have a name. It's really funny that he doesn't have a name. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And every time I've talked about this movie with people, people will be like, what's the bass player's name again? And I'm like, he doesn't have one. Yeah. Just factually doesn't have one in the film. And uh, I love that about this film. And so if you're watching this, you're looking for a piece of trivia with people, you know, just say, hey, by the way, that guy doesn't have a name. So there. Actually, just one of the best gags. It's it's pretty funny. It's, it's, so it's really funny. We'll get to it when Guy is drunk. And he's like naming people off. It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Bass player. He doesn't say it. He just says. Yeah, he just says. 
Uh, oh, we'll get we'll get to it. He's we'll drunk. get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, okay. With that being said, uh, not going to drop any production info this episode. Um, but overall, I think that uh, you know this this movie is distributed by Universal. Um, the cast is pretty great. Uh, maybe we should pull that up before we get too far into it. Actually, I'm on it for you. Awesome. Give it. Give us the cast. Well, we have Tom Everett Scott playing uh, Guy Patterson. Uh, we have Liv Tyler playing Faye Dolan. Jonathan Shake, I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, as Jimmy. Steve Zahn as Lenny, who is easily just the coolest character. Such a good guy. We have Ethan Embry as the bass player. Tom Hanks as Mr. White smattering of other fantastic people such as bill cobbs as del paxton rita wilson as marguerite uh charlie theron as tina Mm -hmm. uh there's this the cast is great um some some you know a players you know in tom hanks Liv tyler uh and then some really good acting from from people like tom everett scott like just yeah just really good. That was his film debut. Is it really? And according to the trivia here on IMDb, Tom Hanks did not want him because he looked too much like Tom Hanks. <laughs> and Rita Wilson's like, no, he's cute. Take him. That's really funny. Yeah, which is funny because then the role that Rita Wilson plays in this is entirely just to hit on um, Guy Patterson. It's funny as all hell. That's, that's really great. Let's uh let's let's dive in though. Uh, actually, before we do that, who wants to hype it this week? Should I? I mean, I feel like we were hyping it just you by like we're so me. Do yeah. that thing you so, do, and we can't sing anymore because of copyright laws. Yeah. So here is the thing about that thing you do. You know, through, all throughout our lives, we know of one-hit wonders. Uh, you know, whether it's. You know, girls that, yeah, girls that like to wear Abercrombie and Fitch, Blue by Eiffel 95, or is that the name? Eiffel 99, whatever the name is. Uh, you know, Aqua with Barbie Girl. Like, we, there, there is a smattering of one-hit wonders in our lives. But what is the journey of a one-hit wonder like, West? What is that experience it's hard to say. I've never worked in my father's electronic shop. And this is a story of that experience. And the meteoric rise of a one-hit wonder. And if that doesn't excite you, I mean, we just don't like the same things, man. Like, <laughs> But th- this film is a ton of fun. It will make you laugh. Uh, it will make you question the type of boyfriend you are it will you know make you want to be a better boyfriend or friend you know and just be nicer to people care about things question whether your dad actually loves you you know stuff like that i'm a lot of this is just or if he knows the lyrics to the song that you play (laughs) on television yeah that's great but no this this is this is like the perfect chill movie night popcorn flick like if you just want to have fun, and you don't want it to get super intense, no, not a bit of action or stuff like that, and just want to sit down, watch a movie with your family. This is a great one to do it. 
like just legitimately great. It's a, just a yeah. You'll fa- your family will want to start a band after it. Um, <laughs> this is one of those weirdly try this at home movies. Uh, results yeah. may vary. So I cannot tell you first time thoughts before we get into spoilers because West, I have probably seen this movie over five hundred times. And you asked for no, never mind. What I was gonna say, and then you asked for my first time thoughts on Pokemon Heart Gold Soul hey, Silver. Hey, no. man, I, I, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think that I remember loving this film the first time I watched it. Um, I was very, very young, watching this film for the first time, and I, th- we, we might have watched it for movie night. I'm not sure, but it is like a Howland family classic. Mm-hmm. Like we all have seen this movie so many times. Were your parents born in the sixties? My parents were not born. Maybe they were born in the sixties, like the late sixties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that this this is a period piece. It really is. It really is which a period is piece. Fascinating because the sixties is not something that we've seen period pieces of nearly as much as like the fifties, seventies, and eighties. Like we see those yeah. a lot. But, like, the 60s, like, and granted, this is a 60s period piece that, like, engages with none of the issues yeah, of that's, the 60s. that's factual. Zero of the issues of the 60s, but it totally, like, encapsulates, like, that small-town America 60s vibe. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty fun for that. So, so, I can't really remember my first time watching it my first thoughts outside of that other than just pure joy as a child like i had this soundtrack and i would listen this is like just a soundtrack that i listen to all the time that's excellent what about you you literally watched this film for the first time last week and then or watched it again yeah um some some first thoughts i have are uh live tyler pretty um, not that I hadn't had those thoughts before watching this, um, because uh, she's everyone's favorite elf lady. Her smile specifically—it's so good. Her like you don't she doesn't smile a ton in Lord of the Rings, or in or in Hulk, but in this she smiles quite a bit, and she has a really pretty smile. She also just has so much more screen time in this film than in those films. I think she has a lot of screen time in the Hulk, right? I, I it's been a long time since the, I watched the, the Incredible Hulk, Hulk specifically. I think is the name of the film, but um, but certainly more than Lord of the Rings. But either way, this is one of her early works. And but beyond Liv Tyler, some first impressions I have of this film is it's it, it's a very musical film. Like one of the things that makes this fun is that there's always music playing, and the main song you hear so many times throughout the film that you know it by the end, which is actually a good time because. Uh, a a one-hit wonder usually is good because it doesn't take very many listens to know it by heart. Yeah. Has um, it been stuck which, in your head out of curiosity? Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Oh, I love it. Um, absolutely. Although that's not nearly as stuck in my head as the title um, Captain Geach and the, Captain Geach <laughs> Geach and and the, the Shrimp Shack Shooters. shooters. <laughs> which Lenny just shoots that one from the hip. Yeah. Like, he doesn't think that one through. He's just, like, straight up, like, that's the name, which is funny because in that he's acknowledging that uh, Guy Patterson is the captain. Because <laughs> that's the nickname he calls Guy Patterson the entire film, Geech. Right. Um, so, like, 
yeah, Lenny is really funny. Um, obviously, Jimmy is just like your classic, like moody. My soul is in my music guy. Um, some things that are interesting is that like for it being a band on tour movie, none of the cheating on each other is out in the open is talked about because this is set in the 60s and made for a uh, family audience. Yeah. Um, even though like clearly there's a lot of it happening it just never gets talked about yeah i mean they they i think that they hint at it with the with the dentist and well yeah that one they definitely hint at um i'm more thinking like uh like oh yeah that's spoilers to believe that jimmy (laughs) doesn't get with uh um diane what's her face diane dane diane dane yeah diane dane the first time through I straight up thought that the bass player was married because of that offhand comment Lenny made to the girl trying to to set her off of his case. He's married. <laughs> I know, like, and that, straight up, like, the whole time as he's, like, dancing with and, like, kissing other women on tour, I'm like, what the, f-? like, what's yeah. going on here? And, of course, second watch through, uh, I was like, ah, yes. Yeah, you started to understand Lenny a little bit better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a single thing he says is serious the whole time. Well, let's let's dive in. I think we're already getting close to spoiler territory, so I, I'm fine going into our regular segments. Uh, and let's go to overall impressions. And I'll go first on this, West, because um, when I turned on this film to watch it for this podcast, a rush, a rush of nostalgia. When that opening song comes on, I just left my body. I did not even realize I could feel that level of nostalgia. Loving you lots, lots and lots. lots. I'm loving you lots and lots. Uh, it it was just pure bliss. Uh, and I really needed it for what it's worth. Like, it made me feel really good. Uh, I cried, like, when it was over, like, the movie. <laughs> and... I just, I might cry now. I just, I have had a rough go of it. Uh, I mean, we all have in, in 2020, but I, you know, getting let go from my job, having a wife that just, <laughs> I'll just share with the audience. Uh, my wife passed out in a Sam's Club this weekend. And it's just, it's been, it's been. I can't a, believe this isn't the lead into a stand up comedy joke. No, it's just been a really rough. Uh, you know, 12 plus months for me. And, uh, yeah, I just, there is this, this movie brought me so much joy. Like I can't even express, I, I, when I turn it off, I immediately, um, you know, uh, fun fact, I actually looked for the record, like the actual record, record, record. That mm. was, I'm going to make so many of these references. I'm really sorry. Uh, uh, it's great. And I'm glad I watched it the second time because I'm getting so many more. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're sold out uh, everywhere that I looked, but I'm going to get the A-side, B-side record, record, record. And yeah, I just, this, this movie is uh, really takes me to my happy place. What about you? Um, some overall impressions I think I have is that like, I think that they managed to like encapsulate the, like the rut that Guy Patterson is in like the, the nature of his life and how like, sure he's living it every day happens, but clear, like it doesn't even address that he's not happy. It just like is so clear that one couldn't be happy in that situation. 
or that one shouldn't be happy, according to writer and director Tom Hanks, um, which who we should all listen to on this because he's knowledgeable, you know. Um, that like that came through clear as daylight. Clearly, his like his dad runs the family. The women are not allowed to like say or think anything. Um, guy Patterson's barely allowed to be his own guy. Um, and you see that like right in the opening scene, right? Whether it's you know the dad flipping through stuff, telling you know the women to you know what he believes and expecting yeah. them to agree, all the way to guy you know running the numbers at night and like I was gonna say the sister asking, does that mean I get paid now? <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Um, but like you said, it's a period piece, right? Like it's the '60s, so yeah, it, they they make light of the fact, but like you know, it's it sucks. So, like, I, I think that that is one thing that, like, pictures, um, got, like, is good to keep in mind for, like, Guy is that, like, more th- is, like, him and Lenny are awesome because they're both, like, we're just, we're just along for this ride. We do not care where it takes us. We're, like, we know we have a one-hit wonder and we know it's good, but we're going to play that and we're going to shut our mouths and we're going to enjoy the the cool people we get to interact with, the, the, the places we get to go, um... And like, there's that awesome contrast between uh, Guy and Jimmy the whole time because of that, right? Where he's like, "Not enough. I need more. I need to record. I need to do this. I need to do that." Um, no patience. Um, like, I think that that's one of the things that stuck out overall. Um, another one is just like that um, the the nature of like that musician record company. Uh, interaction right like it, it's played out a whole Play-tone. bunch of times yeah in in real life but also we've seen it in dozens of movies over the course of time where people get and and to be honest like playtone doesn't really screw over the wonders right like they don't even have the opportunity to get that far to to deny them their rights and everything like really it's just that they um they kind of renege on their part of the deal which is funny because you don't see it that often um other things that really like jump out at me is um just like it's clear the whole time what is wrong about uh Faye and Jimmy's relationship. That she's cuckoo gaga for him and he's like just not like doesn't even notice when she's there or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um also I think that like just the teen sensationalism like that um gets talked about from the late 50s early 60s really like was um you know satirized in this film to a big degree um but i don't think it like made it worse like i think it was clear that like that was there the people that they were playing for and it was fun yeah let's let's talk about favorite characters mine is lenny uh it, it, it's Guy, Guy is a close second, but oh, you know who else is good though? I actually think I put this in our notes. What is the guy's name? Uh, Lamar. Lamar. Oh my gosh, Lamar is up yeah. there too. Yeah. But but it's it's Lenny for me. Uh, I think I think Lenny may have had a huge part in my like who what my sense of humor is. Uh, I've seen this movie so many times, and I still laugh at all of Lenny's lines. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's my wife just can never tell when I'm serious. And I, I think a lot of my friends can never tell that I'm joking. And, 
like the, when I get going. And I think Lenny is actually a huge part of that. Like his his comedy probably uh, inspired how what I find funny. Uh, and yeah, I he's he never doesn't have something to say, but says you know just just that I mean just the moment he's got a moment where. He, he's the being interviewed and he's like i'm not with these fellas i got a blue ribbon pig and go. <laughs> both like, of his interviews are excellent it's just so funny like he's sitting there getting interviewed on television and radio for this for this like you know for this tour that they're doing and he says i'm not with these fellas i got a pig in the in the state fair and i'm trying to win that blue ribbon it's so funny yeah. like he um, couldn't I, care less. I love when everyone they're talking about everyone's like uh, musical uh, Captain Geach inspiration. And, the and he just like <laughs> straight up is like Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, and then Tom Hanks just gives him the best look. Just like you are, I cannot believe that you are part of this group. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks playing Mr. White in this is such a like his it's all about how he like looks at the camera and nothing about what he actually says or does right like i think he's just like silent for most of his on-screen time and yet still feels like a full character oh he, well. he, he yeah his character is is he your favorite character or is lenny your favorite character uh i was actually going to say um like and i think that like after lenny guy there's like a huge fall off just in like how big roles seem and when they get moments to shine. This actually could be better of mine. We'll get into, but all right, I, I can I can see it. Um, it's such a focused work that it like it really goes through and like, of course, I think Faye has such th this like sharp moment of clarity that she could have had sooner, should have had sooner. But she says that totally. But, like, I think that between that one monologue she gives when she breaks up with Jimmy. Oh, so good. And her conversations with Guy um, at in the end of the show are just fantastic conversations. So she's easily a character that I feel like, you know, was done dirty in terms of how uh, how full she felt. Because that depth was there, we just needed to explore it farther. Although I like her throwing darts in their first scene where they're like uh, playing it together. She's just like someone who's just there. Um, it makes me think of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World and just like band tagalongs. Um, but I think my favorite is just Guy. Sure. Um, and I think for like a number of reasons, I think one being that I, I identify a lot with guy in that, like I, I too am a person who like is out here in the middle of my twenties with no idea what I'm doing on this rock. Um, and like, that's kind of where we find him in this. Um, and like, clearly there's like a, there's a depth to him that we don't talk about, right? Like, I think it's fascinating how uh, taken for granted it is that any of these people would have done military service, right? Guy talks about being deployed in Germany for a very short amount of time. Yeah. When talking to Del Paxton. Um, 
which makes sense. Like he would have, like if he was a soldier during those years deployed in West Germany, is exactly where where a U.S. soldier would have been. Um, but like it totally gets glossed over. Um, I think it's pretty cool that like he has like this, you know, like right for him almost like he broke into a market um, that like he wasn't going to, but like was the person who deserved it more than anyone else, even though he just showed up. Well, I think the, I think one of the key things here is like, and I think it is the theme of this movie, right? Like, imagine if Guy just does what Jimmy wants. Yeah. Like they don't even win. They don't even win the talent show. Yeah. They don't even get noticed, right? And I think that I mean, and and Lenny knows that the bass player doesn't care, right? He's you know, doesn't even have a name. Yeah. <laughs> and and Jimmy like. You know, the first thing, the the first scene in the restaurant, they're singing one of Jimmy's ballads. Like, the literal, it's a great song. Like, the the, the whole, by the way, if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, uh, if you're, and you're you, you know, listen to it after this podcast, because it, it slaps. Yeah. But I, I agree. I think that, I think that Guy is both insanely humble and, you know, I mean... Come on, he. I listened to I, him say "I am Spartacus" like five times too many in that movie. So there is a difference between fake humility is not humility. Fair. Like he when like and when he says things like that, he's usually saying it sarcastically. It's true. Like when when Lenny says, "How did we get here?" and he puts on his shades. I led you here, my good yes. friend, for I am yeah. Spartacus. Like that's a joke. Absolutely. Um, but let's let's move on from favorite characters. Uh, let's talk about favorite storylines. Uh, for me, I think my absolute favorite storyline in this film specifically uh, is the is the the. I don't want to say the growth of the, the 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 ride, but like the the rapid progression, like that escalated quickly. Yeah, like they go from talent show to restaurant to state fairs to 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 state fairs to national television with two different managers, and at at one point in the film, uh, you know. Guy's sitting there, and he with with Del Patton, and he's like, "Yeah, we've been together for for six months, two months. For, is it two months? Did he say two, two months? months. And then Del Paxton's like, for some fans, so oh, that's with, right, it's two months too two, long. That's right, that's right. And it's two months. It's two months. Yeah. And the 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 rapidness of the ride is really really fun for me. Yeah. And and I think that it also goes to show a lot in in like. In the in the movie, like how rapid it is, how unprepared anyone is for this ride that they're about to go on. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite storyline? Oh man, I mean the maybe it's just like the like the the sharp decline of the band. I think just gets the, me every time. The plummeting. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think that, like, I've seen enough like other like band movies to know that like 
totally. One person gets up and leaves, and this no guy, this new guy, nobody knows, comes in, and they don't know whether they can trust him. And he usually works, you know, is a dog for the label, right? Like, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Wolf. Yeah, exactly. Who like is, you know, also somehow has more of a name than the bass player we've had thus far. And I'm certain that this is all just a big like uh, joking at bass players. Because, like, they are... It's noticeable when they're absent, but you'll never hear them when they're good. <laughs> um, and, like, I think that's, like, a thing that, like, that's the crack, right? Is, like, our bass player just disappeared. But, like, then, like, Lenny takes off. Jimmy falls through. I love Mr. White's, like, uh, I'll call you next week. We can go do something together. Uh, to, Wolf. to Wolf on the way out. I think that's yeah. really funny. Um... But I think that, like, the storyline here is, like, that I think is fascinating It's is that Guy started with all of the pieces. Like, everything that Guy has at the end of the film, he had at the beginning. Wow. He just needed to know that he had it. In a lot of ways. He had Faye as a friend. I, totally. Um, I, I'm referring to, like, like he was ready to strike out into adulthood, yeah. leave the comfort of his family. He had everything he needed to succeed to become that that music teacher in Washington he was always going to become. Uh but like he needed that like two month wild ride kick in the pants to get there. Well, and I think that, you know, laying down to track with this hero and you know, stuff like that, that's all that's all that's all part of the journey. Totally. No, no, no. And, like, that's what gets him there. But, like, I think that these are experiences that happened to him. I don't think they fundamentally changed the guy. I don't know. I, I think that I think that you think that he is more cocky than he is. I think that realizing that he was capable is... Well, that is... Yeah, is totally. definitely... Right. One, I don't think that he would have talked to Faye. Like, I think that... I think that, like, he was... Like talk to her like that is what I mean. I think. Sure. I don't know. They're, the like or the way he talked to Jimmy at the end, right? Where he's like, "Why didn't you break up with her in Pittsburgh?" Yeah. And just like, like stuff like that. I don't know that guy. I think he's too. He's too just okay. I don't know how to, what word to use. No, here. I know exactly what you mean. Like he's like everything is so like as long like as long as things are above a certain threshold. He's not going to make the big change himself. Yeah. Um, he's going to like stay in any bad situation until it ends, as opposed to just change yep. it for himself. Yeah. And I think that's true. I think doesn't know his way out of that until the end. Um, but that arc for him, I think, is a fun one because it, it really is just like this uncoiling of a knot. Yeah. Right. He he has all of the rope he ever had at the end, but I think it's a much more useful rope. Sure. Let, let's move on to could be better. I have I have just one for this film, and I probably didn't have this could be better until I started doing this podcast. By the way, like I feel like because it's the same could be better we have for the vast majority of works. Yeah, I mean maybe the my my main complaint is actually Jimmy. Oh, I just think that I don't know, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't get I don't think it's I don't think it is clear on the first watch through that Jimmy's a bad dude. Yeah. 
And I think that Jim, they either need to give Jimmy more time or let the audience see clearly that Jimmy's a bad dude. And it could be because Faye's so in love with him that her love for him gives you this perception of him that's not real as an audience member. But, but I think that either Jimmy needs more screen time or Jimmy needs to be, and you need to show what is wrong with Jimmy. Yeah. Um, because the, I, I remember as a kid, never understanding why Jimmy got so mad at the end. Like why Faye got so mad. Like, it's just a normal fight. Like, why is she breaking up with him? But it's, it's what, as you watch it as an adult, you, and you watch it, you're like, nothing okay. Nothing could be worse for me being engaged to Liv Tyler. Yeah. It's, it's the last, it's the furthest thing from the world. Anyway, I think that they could have done more to show. Yeah. That Jimmy's a little... I mean, it comes across these pretentious. How much of that is that, like, our ability to distinguish toxic masculinity is just so much better in 2021 than it is in 1996? (laughs) But, like, Tom Hanks wrote exactly what he needed to know in terms of that there and, like, didn't say any further. Like, maybe Tom Hanks is such a good judge of character that he could figure it out from this character after nothing and he just assumed the rest of us were that smart. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm just saying that... Uh, you know, I think that Jimmy's not flushed out as a character very well. Yeah, and I, I would like to see more into his struggles and entitlements and like, like, like he's quitting this band, and it's like it's cool that he like has this belief in his art, but like, I don't, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen like a. Uh, a solo for Jimmy like like what if he got like a like the going to write his sad song in his room right what if we actually like saw what that uh, sad song nice post credit scene that'd be or just like you know like I, I do want to hear more of the herdsmen right like <laughs> what what are those guys like yeah um but yeah it'd be really funny if wolf ended up in the herdsmen <laughs> <laughs> probably does that but that yeah that's my only could be better what about you I think that's a good one. I think that's a really good one. Um, I think that... I don't know. I I haven't sat with it all that much. Like, I think that it's hard for... I'm I'm learning that places where, like, my heart hurts watching a character in this situation doesn't mean it should be different in the film, right? Like... Absolutely. Watching Faye go through everything she goes through. Like, I'm actually really glad, right? Like, Tom Hanks didn't write Jimmy that much worse in terms of, like how he treats her it's it's funny because i actually had a similar thought while watching the film uh when what's her name is getting guy drunk to sleep with him yeah i was like oh this is so inappropriate yeah but then i was like you know what this is good writing like while i am uncomfortable with this situation yeah it's actually also the part where tom hanks is writing his wife to play the role changes it all (laughs) there um specifically knowing that the actor was chosen because rita wilson thought he was cute makes it like really uh it's it's so funny it's like he he looks too much like me yeah but he's cute keep him yeah (laughs) it's like this is no no you're married Um, to me yeah yeah um but like like she serves like this interesting role right um and i think that her like 
observations of guy are fantastic right the like i just lost you right like that ability to sense at that moment like he didn't have the fortitude anymore man he didn't have the he didn't have obviously he didn't have that part but she planned (laughs) for that one to begin with like she's in charge of that of that consumption like she can really control that part yeah um and sometimes sloppy makes that makeouts is all you want anyway spencer sure sure um Although I have to say that, like, there were, like, moments in this film where, like, they're talking about, like, the ways in which people, like, find love. But I think are really fascinating, right? The question of when was the last time you were properly kissed? And her answer is, like, New Year's three years ago. And the guy is also, like, so, like, I don't know, true to that, like, screwing around in your 20s experience. Right. Where, like, it just, like, yeah, that, you know, there was, like, and, you know, it was, like, woof. That means that, you know, she doesn't, she's going back and retconning. She, she would have given a different answer to that, like, you know, six months ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Like, just, it's a good one to have in your back pocket. You use that next time you're on a Tinder It day. will never be useful. It's a good one to have to know how to compare everything else to it. Let's let's move on to Lovitz. Uh, I'll rapid fire mine really quick. Uh, West, we've got the the I can't remember the band the old drummer's name. What is his Del name? Paxton? No, no, no. The original drummer. Oh, uh, Guy Patterson. No, the guy that broke his arm. Oh, uh, Chad. Chad. Chad breaking his arm and then taking. Taking Guy's job at the record store, hysterical to me. I loved that so much. Chad, uh, who's Chad? Chad, who's Chad? That's a good one. The, Lenny's full of one-liners. Uh, just Lenny's one-liners overall. Uh, yeah. That's the on-netters. is like one of my actual favorite lines in the entire film. Uh, the just, just Lenny is full of them. Uh, yeah. Where was I? Oh, playing songs on my guitar. Like... They all were, man. Yeah. Uh, then I I really love I really really love Lamar. Uh, I love his smile. I love that moment where he's like, "Take this kid to the blue spot." Like his character uh, is so fun. Uh, this my hotel. Like the whole thing. I just I love it so much. I love him as a character. I love how caring he is. Um, yeah. I think those are, those are my big, my big lovets. A uh, guy getting to record with Del Paxton. D- guy meeting Del Paxton was a huge love for me. Just like, you are my biggest fan. It's like... <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's also, a that's one. such a good moment. Just like, you're like put in this situation like you'd always dreamed of being in, and you're stupid drunk for it. Yeah. Is a I- classic. I am looking at my notes, and I want to go back really quick before I, I hand you the mic for the Lovitz. I do think that Jimmy not going back to get Faye when the car when they're getting in the cop car is a key moment that I didn't realize as a kid. Yeah, that's the moment. Yeah, like there's that's absolutely pivotal. Yeah. Um, and every moment thereafter, when it is time for someone to acknowledge Faye's existence, is guy Jimmy fails. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, and then my last my last love it is that final kiss scene. 
I just... It's a good kiss. It's a good kiss. Yeah. What about you? What are your love-its? Thanks for leaving me some excellent ones, because the, the talent show is so funny to me as a person who sat through many talent shows um, in my lifetime. Um, all of them, of course, with a much younger, uh, much younger uh, source of talent, but like there's elements to it that still hold true. Um, the, the, uh, the back and forth between some guy in the crowd and the announcer is really funny. Like, I like that one. Dude, I, that is one of my favorite parts of the movie too. <laughs> um, the, it's on the radio scene where they're all like, Oh dude, when he dances store, with the, me that one. when he dances with that yes. sign yep. is just, yeah. I, I honestly, um, uh, uh, Darlene Patterson, her actor is Don Maxey. She conveys emotion in like that 20 seconds on screen there that like has serious depths to it of like, I am so jealous. I will never do anything in my life. Who is this guy and why is he so excited? And oh, I should have kissed him. <laughs> I, all of that is clearly written on her face in that like one bit there. And it's so good. Yeah. Um, some other things that I just love about that scene is like how like the dad just doesn't get it until like it's way after time to be gotten is so good. He's like, Hey, stop. You know, it's like refuses to acknowledge why, right. Is just what he would normally have anyone do. But like that scene is just really fun. Um, uh, I think that the, um, the the beach scene like the the it, they're in the movie like that is like such a just good jab at the at like hollywood of the 60s such a good jab at like what it's like to be b-list in hollywood right like you super don't actually matter um i think that it it, it produces one of the funnier jokes of the whole thing the Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Right. Like, I think that phrase is just fantastic, and it's a name I'm going to be putting in things for all time. Um, and yeah, I think that just like that chat in the coffee shop between Faye and Guy, I think is actually just so fantastic. Like, I think that what happens afterwards is really fun, but like that conversation is really meaningful and like be the fact that I like want to deck guys so hard at the end of it speaks to the power of that conversation. Yeah. Um, knowing of course that he bucks it up eventually without like needing a lot more time or effort put into him is helpful. But like the first time I was like, what on earth is happening here? Like, really? This is the moment. Otherwise this is a runway scene. Yeah. I have I have two more love it's if you when you're done by the way. What you think you love this movie, Spencer? I well, you just remind. I just thought of them as you were talking. Yeah. But the but thing is, is I love the entire movie, so like I tried to tone it down, but now but now I have to I have to get some off my you? chest. I don't know. Uh, I really love the the fact that they like signed their record deal in a camper while eating stew. That is or their their not their record deal, but their. Yeah, yeah, their manager. Their manager contract. Uh, I really love that they record their first record in a church. 
Yeah. And like that scene, that cut scene, by the way, where it goes over the stained glass is actually just one of my favorite. And it starts on the screen. Uh, just, just really good directing and, and writing. I, I thought yeah. that was really great. But yeah, those are those are two more. <laughs> Who's Uncle Bob? <laughs> yeah, um, I love it when uh, they're the first time they're on that radio, like the first radio interview they do, where like it's just like, say hi guys. Hi. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna play their song. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, giving the mic to people and then taking it away right as they try to say anything meaningful um, is is a funny gag. Yeah. If you ask me. Should we rate it? Whew. Number seven on the. So we're going. We're going. <laughs> if they get number, if if it gets number one, does it get a gold iPod classic? Uh. So scale of zero to five is how we usually do this, um, and I'll go first. I would give this a five out of seven, and I I have a pretty good reason. By the way, for those who are longtime listeners or not longtime listeners, that is a perfect score on this podcast. You can get a five, but if you get a five out of seven, it's a perfect score. Don't ask me how it works. I I, I don't I don't make the rules. Uh, if you really can't figure out how or why someone like ask about it enough times on the internet someone will point you in the right direction yeah there you go but west the the reason that i give this a five out of seven is actually pacing this this movie while i wish well i we, we can cover my could be better right but could be betters are not they're not literally i would change this thing it ruined the movie for me they're just i wish this happened I or I think this yeah. could have been a little bit better. If the movie was ruined for us, we wouldn't be reviewing it. Um, but I, I the pacing of this film is so good. I laugh, I smile. I mean, I cried this time. I I think that this film is perfect. Um, and I mean, what the budget for this could not have been very high. Like, I think. The budget for well, this is uh, Tom Hanks' debut as a writer and director. That's amazing because he crushed it. Um, which I think uh, doesn't hurt it. Um, or probably does hurt it on budget. Um, but probably is does a lot of good things for it in terms of the fact that it got Tom Hanks for practically free. The budget for this film was twenty six million. million. Yeah. Hey, it, it box office for thirty four point six. It's a success. Yeah. This this film is. I don't even know that I I don't know anybody else who loves it as much as I do. Like I, I this is not one that comes up in regular conversation for me. Yeah. So like I don't know if it's a cult classic, but it can be for this podcast if people want it to be because it is that good. Um, but yeah, I would, I would give this a perfect score. This is, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hell yeah. What about you? Oh man. I think that because I don't have a, a childhood of growing with this, like, I don't know if I can give it the perfect score the same way you did. Right. Like, I think that that would be, that would be hasty on my part. Not that I'm saying it doesn't deserve it, but more saying I don't deserve to give it the perfect score. Um, so I think I'm just going to have to give it like. I think for me, it's sitting at like a 4.5 with a lot of room to grow. But I think that like most of that is just going to be like the percentage of Lenny's lines that I can quote on the spot. 
as that grows, the rating of this will grow for me. It's true. Are you going to watch this with your family? I'm going to watch this, I don't know, with some regularity. It's a good it's film. It's so good. I want to watch it more than just about any, like, I don't like watching movies, I think, is a big part of it. Like, like overall, like, I want to, like, consume new things. And I feel like a big part of why people love movies is they like to rewatch movies because they're, like, condensed. They can be done. Yeah. It's It's so funny to me that this movie is two and a half hours, too. It does not feel it. No, not at all. It feels short. Yeah. Like, you get done with your this film, you're like, that was two and a half hours? It tells yeah. it tells a lot of story. Like, a lot of story. Yeah. 4.5 is a good score. This is one of our higher... Have we even reviewed a movie before? Oh, the Digimon movie. We reviewed the Digimon movie. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I think we gave this a higher score than the Digimon movie. It has a very comparable soundtrack. <laughs> Oh, the soundtrack. So, fun fact, Playtone Records is a real company in, in America now. They made it, and the, I think the, the the soundtrack is on Playtone Records. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the... the you in, can... in the soundtrack, all of the bands are attributed to the names of the bands who sung them in the... Uh... In the film. Yeah. And it's. I think they're all a part of Playtone Records. Uh... I think it's hilarious. Yeah. And Playtone Records is, in fact, owned by Tom Hanks. Uh, it says here, um, 1996 Sony BMG Music Entertainment, actually. Oh, man. But Is it in partnership with Playtone? Spotify's not going to give me that info. All right. Well, watch the movie. We liked the movie. Like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening Give us a review. It really does help. Next week, we will be joined by Tom from none other than my favorite podcast. What? Why are you looking at me like that? I, I'm, don't worry about it. Nerd, nerd on. What is happening? <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, I'm like, it's exciting. It is exciting. And we'll be talking about our need to nerd Dragon Ball edition. And I'm I'm really excited. I'll probably be writing the show notes like tomorrow, uh, so send them to Tom. But I hope to talk about the breath of Dragon Ball, uh, you know, video games, and whatever whatever you know we consumed for for this. Uh, I'm just I, gonna spend the next week with my arms above my head, gathering the energy of the earth of the earth to to do this episode. Is that that hard? I don't know. I feel like I need that much. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So thank you everybody so much for listening. We'll see you guys on next week with Tom. And, uh, yeah. Uh, goodbye, West. Bye, Spencer. Captain Gooch in the street, Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yeah, I knew. I knew. It was- <laughs>